You are listening to Backstage Pass Podcast, hosted by Hannah Trigwell and brought to you by Tom. The Backstage Pass Podcast is a guide for upcoming artists and newcomers to the music industry. Each week, I speak to experts in different fields, and in this episode, I'll be talking to singer and songwriter Abigail Barlow about songwriting and finding her sound. Hello, Abigail Barlow. Hi, Hannah. How are you? Hi, how are you? How's your hair? Damn. It's really purple these days. Very, it very purple. It's yeah, amazing. You know. Thank you. I'm surprised. How did it's not they get damaged. it so bright? <sighs> they had to bleach my whole head, so it took like a seven hour day at the salon, but it was totally worth wow. it. My birthday present to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so for those of you who aren't aware of Abigail, she has purple hair. But aside from that, yeah. she's... Uh, <laughs> That's the only thing. Only thing. <laughs> That's it. Okay, nice to talk to you today. <laughs> Bye. So you're a singer and a songwriter mm-hmm. and just an incredible talent. And I wanted to talk to you about your songwriting process and about TikTok and your journey so far in music. But first, I'm going to dive into some quickfire questions. Yes, I'm ready. 80s or 90s? Oh my god, these are great questions already. Um, probably 80s. Summer or winter? Winter, just because I love s- sweaters. <laughs> and I never right. get to wear them here. Yeah. Sweater weather. <laughs> I know, it's the best. Would you rather listen to the same song over and over again forever or listen to like a bunch of like 20 songs which you don't like? Probably the 20, just to disperse my disgust, you know? Like, I can, like, I can compartmentalize what I hate in each song. Probably that. (laughs) Different levels of hate. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. You know, I love music, so I can, like, at least appreciate the art of it when it's created. Mm -hmm. So I think probably the 20 different songs. The stuff that I've seen from you has, Mm -hmm. I think you would categorize it as pop. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's... Yeah, it leans, my artist project at least, leans pop. Um, But I love kind of just going outside the box. I grew up in Alabama, so I have like, I love country music, like real country music. So I love, I love all kinds of music. I try to write other things and normally it all just starts to sound like pop after a little bit. (laughs) So I don't know, that's sort of my default. It's the structure (laughs) thing, I guess, isn't it? It's, it's that's exactly what it is. You find something you really love to write, like the structure of the process, and then like all of your songs start to sound like the same thing, <laughs> you know, like a cohesive thing. Do you usually write by yourself or do you co-write a lot? Well, recently I've gotten more into co-writing, but um, during the first, you know, bouts of quarantine, I like looked at myself and was like, I have not written songs like I've been writing in probably a year and a half like I just didn't write music like the last year um and so I started writing a lot alone just because I knew I needed to find an artist sound like I love to sing I wanted to be an artist but I had absolutely no direction so I had to really like put my head down and and that takes like I think individual time of like writing Mm -hmm. on your own developing your own sort of like language as a writer Um, is really important because then it helps you sort of like have a toolbox to take into any session. So like writing alone, I think has helped me a lot in, in co-writing sessions these days. A lot of people like in the industry would, you know, uh, uh, and say a similar thing like that, like that it's very important for an artist to have a particular direction. Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel like limited by the direction you've chosen? That's a really good question. Um, 
I think people's uh, attention spans are very, very small. And that's why you always see artists like after a couple of years sort of redefine their sound. So I think that sort of comes with just age. I, I'm not worried about being pigeonholed because I think as I grow up, my music's going to evolve. And I yeah. think my music at 25 is going to be completely different than it is at 22. So that's exciting for me to get to yeah. know that like this isn't the end all be all of what my sound could be. I'm very, I'm very open minded when it comes to where what my direction is and where I'll be in 10 years. Who knows? <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see, though. I can't. Yeah. I mean, do you have like a prediction of where it would go sonically? <sighs> I mean, I have like dreams <laughs> and <laughs> goals, but you know, I love, I love the way that um, Amy Winehouse is just very broken down and honest. I'm, I'm a big old fan of the honest lyric, and um, I think that sound is sort of what will lead me into my next period of writing because I love this 2010 pop I can't stop writing it yeah. <laughs> um it's just it's feel good music and I and yeah. it makes me feel good it got me through some of the hardest times so that's sort of what I lean to but but I think as I get older and as I have more life experiences I my sound might get a little sad <laughs> who knows <Yeah. laughs> like I might be I might be happier but as I go through life I feel like I've been blessed to not have many like life changing or like perspective altering experiences in my life like trauma wise um and so when I started having boys break my heart that was big trauma for me um but you know I I don't know I I have a lot of life to live so my old manager is so funny he used to say um if I ever got in a bit of a rut with like writing or anything he would be like you need something bad to happen, so yeah. go and like <laughs> go get your heart broken. <laughs> I yeah, mean, go and get like some pain in your life. Yeah, yeah. Trauma breeds art; it really does, and it feels good to make to make art out of something negative. You know, you feel like okay, I went through this for not for nothing. At least I have this mm-hmm. piece of art out of it. That's how I look at things these days. <laughs> I kind of have to have distance between me and the thing. Yeah, if it's like some some of my friends will write a song about something that's happening now. Right like, now, that's oh, so hard. Can't do that. <laughs> that's really hard. Yeah, I, I have to be a little removed. I think I, especially with heartbreak songs, I I took my time really before I started writing about it because it was it was a big heavy like I think probably first heartbreak like real heartbreak and I needed time to like process that before I started putting it in to music because when I share those thoughts, it's like you're kind of opening up Pandora's box. You don't yeah. you don't want to say something you're going to regret. You know what I mean? And so mm. I always like to be really – I like to use music as therapy, but what I choose to share, I, I want it to be the right thing and something that, that all girls can sort of click into and, and find their own story within. Yeah, I think that's a really cool way of looking at it. When Thanks. did you start writing then? I wrote little ditties when I was like 14 and 15. I play by ear, mostly on piano. So yeah. I just kind of wrote little four chord songs that I heard on the, like kind of like songs like you hear on the radio. Just to sort little of. Little four chord song. It's the yeah. Best. <laughs> you know, like especially when you're like so young and all your songs are like so general and broad and like absolutely no detail. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, I I really wanted to be on stage. My dad told me, like, you're going to have to write your own songs if you want to be an artist. It's like, mm-hmm. you can't have people write songs for you. I was like, I just, that's what, I, that's all I want, though. I, I just want to do, because I can't write. I'm not good. And he was like, just practice, work hard. So, like, at 15, I really started getting into it pretty heavily and, and learned how to produce pop music because I just. Oh, wow. Yeah, I wanted to learn really how to make that sound my myself so I wouldn't have to rely on anyone slash pay for it. <laughs> yeah. So so for a while I was just producing and writing my own music and like releasing it. It was very amateur and this was like the first experience I really had in the music industry just dropping stuff on my own like at 18 out here and having absolutely no experience. It was it was cool but but I feel like now I've grown a lot from then and now it's been like 7 years of kind of that being my main focus is writing. Because I'm a lyrics person. Like, right. the lyrics have to be good. But then mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like you say, if there's a if there's a song with, like, a decent, like, a good rhythm and rhythm mm-hmm. of the vocals as well. Yeah. Um, the lyrics don't have to be good. No. In a way. And that's, it's it's bizarre. But I've come to realize that, because my brain is so lyrical, I lack some skills in the musical theory side of things. Like, music can move you just as much as lyrics can. And I think mm. right now I'm trying to find, like, the balance between really catchy and singable and actually, like, structured chord progressions, things that sound interesting and tell a story in the music yeah. and not just the lyrics. Like, not just a four-chord song yeah. with amazing lyrics. Like, I want a song that also has an amazing top line melody that, like, is timeless, you know? All the videos that I've watched of yours, I'm like, damn, that's a good <laughs> song. Or that's, like, a sick top line. And Thank you. In that way, like, nobody on the other side would ever think, oh, but she's only used four chords or... Right. But I, but I think, you know, if, if you're the artist in that situation, you're always thinking in that kind of way, like, absolutely, a little bit. Or, or mm-hmm. am I not, like, as clever as, you know, somebody who's who's writing songs who are, who and they do get massive, or oh, have yeah. they done something that I haven't done, or... Uh, yeah, I, think, I... You know, I don't think it is that, actually. I just think mm-hmm. it's just where you are in your career so far. Exactly. I used to judge myself so much for, like, my position, just like where I am in life, because I feel like all of my peers or I kind of peer pressure myself into thinking like, oh, all of my peers are doing so much more than me. I must be the the problem. Like I must not be doing enough. And Mm -hmm. so you look at, you start writing songs and you write more and more songs. And then like all of a sudden you're putting up a bunch of content and people start to say, hey, all your songs sound the same. And then you're like, oh, do they? (laughs) Let me check. And then, like, (laughs) as soon as that starts happening and you become, like, really critical of of the thoughts and the ideas um, and will people love this or hate this, I'm not even going to write it then. You know, like, I got into Mm -hmm. that sort of, like, really bad place, like, a couple months ago, actually, where I just sort of had writer's block and I couldn't do anything because – People were telling me like all your core, like the chord progressions sound the same. You kind of use the same structure. I'm like, it's because, it's because that's the the easy way to write for me. You know, like yeah. I write sort of, 
maybe I had sort of a sample of a structure and now I'm like going out and listening to old music and trying to find different like structures for my songs just so they all don't sound the same. Like it's, it's become sort of a weird fear for me. But that is weird as well because like when, when somebody writes a song and it does super well, mm-hmm. whoever is on their team at the time, you know, if they have a team or if they're about to have a team of people mm-hmm. helping them, will say, do you have anything like this? Yeah. Again, you know? Exactly. Oh, that's all they want when you go up to the top. They're like, yeah, write us hits, and that's all. <laughs> like, they'll tell you structure, structure, use the same formula all day long, because that's what, that's what makes money. Um, but I, I want to make quality art, not just art that I love, but that other people love too. So mm. I, I love now... Really, I think what was important for me was to start collaborating with people that are better than me, <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. That's <laughs> that, a good that, way to think about it, though, as well. Yeah, that know better than me and have more knowledge of things that I don't. Like, I yeah. I really do feel like I learn so much every time I collaborate with someone. So it's been a big part of my process. And speaking of good music, what is your mm. track of the week? Let me check my Spotify. Oh, I loved Miley Cyrus's new music. Plastic Hearts is great. Ah, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. agreed. I kind of, like I said, I love to memorize things and I listen to the same things over and over again. I've kind of been listening to Paramore just there after laughter. So I'm I'm kind of revisiting old stuff. Um, Let's see. Oh, I just found this ridiculous song called June Gloom by Allie X. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. Oh, no, I haven't. I'll check it out. It's such a smash. I truly can't handle it. I've been listening to it on repeat all week. So with like that's my track of the week. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so catchy. I love it. What is the best lesson that you've learned in your career so far? I think it is better to be known as somebody that's good to work with. Like, I would rather be known as good to work with than, like, revered as this ridiculous songwriter. Like, if you're not good to work with in the industry, it doesn't matter how talented you are. You know what I mean? Like, you really have to, like, check your ego at the door when you collaborate with people. Um, sacrifice ideas, even if you think they're, like, the holiest of ideas. The yeah. the hits of the ideas. You have to be willing to sacrifice and compromise with collaborators because at the end of the day, you're both trying to find like the best final product. So think of it as a positive thing because sometimes giving up control felt negative to me, but now it's very healthy for me to do that and for me to kind of let go of the reins for a second because I can be a control freak. And I think a lot of independent artists are. Um, And so you kind of have to just take a step back when collaborating. That's my, that's my biggest learning lesson. And I've loved learning that because now I get to, really connect with people, um, other artists, other writers. It's really great to have sort of a community of people who do the same thing that I do. So Yeah, I think mm. that's really solid advice for songwriters. And it, it kind of, it's hard to like um, put that into practice unless you've been in a few sessions, but it's, right. there's kind of like a, there's, there's, a, there's almost like a fear feeling that I get when I, compromise and when I give up the yep. idea and I'm like okay yep. that that's not gonna make it into the song yep. and I have to like grieve it for like a couple of seconds and then <laughs> it's like a baby you have to just like yeah. massage the thought away 
Yeah, I mean, I become (laughs) like and then sometimes when the session goes south or like uh, it's not that great of a session or whatever, you just don't. It's an off day and you like wish you're like, what if that idea had turned into something completely different, you know, and you start to like it's hard because writers were we're kind of just creatures. Yeah, we're tortured, you know, artists with tortured and the and the troubled, I suppose. (laughs) Well, thanks for such an uplifting episode. (laughs) (laughs) Just talking about our pain and drama. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's been great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Be sure to hit subscribe and leave a comment to let us know what you think. And I will see you next time on Backstage Pass.